0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Catholic Truth Family, where we talk about love, relationships, dating, engagement, marriage, kids, and more. Today, we are giving you seven tips for engagement. Or if you're already married, you can still apply these principles to have a happy marriage as well, though it may be a little bit more difficult depending on where you fall in the marriage realm. And As always, we have Julie Loin joining us. She is the wonderful mother of four. Oh, make that five. She just had a new baby and so did we. They're about the same age. And uh, we're happy to have her back on to share her wisdom, her motherly wisdom with us. So thank you for joining us, Julie.
1: Thanks, Brian. I'm so excited to be back.
0: Yes, we're always happy to have you. You're a regular, uh, almost like that close to like co-host. I feel like you're on all the time.
1: (laughs) Oh, That's an honor
0: um But yeah, we're going to be talking about engagement today because so many people, well, fifty percent of couples who get engaged end up getting divorced. I don't know if people realize that. And second of all, many people who get married just don't make it. Like a lot of people don't understand what it takes to go into marriage. And I, I heard a story of this girl, and you know, and she's like, "Oh, I'm going to get married someday," you know. But I was like, "Yeah, but you go to like parties and like raves and like you live it up." And you know, like she's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," like ten years, but I'll settle down and stuff. And and you may hear my baby in the background. And uh, 10 years, you know, she's like, I'll settle down. I'm like, but if you're fostering 10 years of partying and raves and, you know, possibly sleeping around with people and all these other things, are you just going to settle down? Is that how it works? Or are you fostering bad habits now that are going to be almost impossible to break later? See, uh, Greg Popcheck, who's a Catholic psychologist, he says great marriages don't just happen. They're made in other words, they don't start when you get married. Marriage starts beforehand in the preparation process. And uh, I'm going to get my baby because she's crying. And, and she's uh, adorable. I'll let you... <laughs> Thank you. Her uncombed, unkempt hair. Do you want to say hi to everybody? Huh? Oh, <laughs> so, she yeah.
1: is just so sweet.
0: Marriage starts in the engagement process. It starts before and it starts with planning. It starts with prayer and it starts with all the tips that we're going to give today. Did you have any thoughts before we get started?
1: Oh my goodness. I feel like you've already like said so much that my brain is just like has so many thoughts going and <laughs> all these documentaries I've been watching. I'm like, everything's coming to mind. There's just so much that I think people will oh. take from this. And like you said, it's for engagement, but also marriage. Oh, look at that face. Oh, if anyone's not watching this on YouTube. Turn off the podcast and turn it on YouTube. It's so sweet. Oh, she, she loves to
0: look so at sweet. me now. She like notices people.
1: Oh, Gabriella, you're so sweet.
0: Um. So yeah, the first thing, first tip that we want to give you right off the bat, people, is an obvious one. If you're engaged, if you're looking to be married, you're excited about it. And the first thing that we want to say is do everything together. You know, we just made a video, so maybe you saw it. We'll give you a quick recap here, but I've heard so many times that, you know, oh, the wedding is the woman's day, you know, so she gets to make all the decisions. And I say, why aren't two people getting married? You know, isn't it? two people. Does he not have a say? Well, no, not really. Cause the woman's been thinking about it since she was like six years old and she's been dreaming about it ever since. And so she just, she, she deserves to get all that. And I'm like, <laughs> you guys are in for a rocky ride. I know Absolutely. people have gotten everything and we're, you know, divorced in a year.
1: Yeah, I I feel like when you go with that mentality of it's about the day, that's already telling me you have the false idea of what marriage is, because it's not about the day. It's about the life that you're about to have with this person. So if you're focused on my perfect day, my perfect dress, of course, those things are wonderful. I enjoyed our wedding day tremendously. It was unbelievable. It was the perfect day. But if that's what your focus is, if that's what your goal is to have that perfect day, of course you are going to be disappointed because everything else is <laughs> can't compare to this like high level. I mean, it's a beautiful day, but if that's your, that's what you expect marriage to always be like, you are in for a disappointment. The ins and outs will be a problem.
0: Yeah, so we always recommend uh, praying together and planning together and growing together and some other t- tips that we're going to be giving. But first of all, if you don't pray as a couple, what are you doing? If you're you're a godly Catholic couple, you should be praying and often because you're not just dating anymore. I don't recommend having long dating sessions while you're, I'm sorry, long praying sessions while you're dating, you know, oh Lord, help us to have six kids. And, you know, we just want to pray for each other's future house. And you're not even married yet, but you're praying, acting like you are. No, But when you're engaged yeah start praying together start creating that foundation that you want to last for the rest of your life um and as they say you know the family that prays together stays together that's only half true it's actually not even true because there's lots of couples that pray and there's lots of couples that um you know are spiritual they're catholic and i know so many catholics that get divorced because they have mental health issues they're not dealing with. They have baggage they haven't dealt with. They have um, toxic uh, aspects of their personality or their character that they haven't dealt with. They've justified, they've explained away, well, I'm Italian, I just have a temper, or I just drink. you know. And they just have these excuses about why they do things. And these are toxic. You can be as Catholic as you want, but if you haven't dealt with your issues then you're not going to have a good marriage. But I, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> <That's>
1: the- <laughs> it is a good point, though. It's a, it's such a good point. And just to touch on that, if if you're not dealing with yourself, how can you love your spouse fully? If you are not if you are not in tune with God and, and the needs that you have, if you're, if you're blocking away the things that need healing or you're kind of pushing them down, your spouse is the person that's going to have to deal with that. Your spouse is mm-hmm. the one that's going to have to try to, quote unquote, fix you, which is impossible. Mm-hmm. So now you've turned them into your God. Now you've turned them into something they are never meant to be. So you make such a good point, Brian.
0: Or if they're not your God and the one who's going to fix you, they're the one who's going to suffer because of you, because of the, and vice versa, perhaps, if they've done the same thing. But the bottom line is we really need to pray, not just together, but on our own. We have to have a prayer life. And this sounds obvious, but literally so many people get so busy planning, working, doing everything that they forget to pray. That's literally the opposite of the first commandment, which is to put God first, not last, Mm -hmm. first, not a few minutes before you go to bed at night first and so
1: it's i wonder too sorry brian i wonder too if people are uncomfortable with it you know because maybe that's not normal for them maybe they've never prayed with someone and so it could it could actually be just a really hard starting point for them what do i do how do i pray my significant other my fiance my boyfriend or girlfriend and and your your levels of prayer will be different if you're dating versus engaged versus marriage um but but it starts easy. You can start with a fixed prayer. You could start with something that's already been given, the Our Father Hail Mary, or you could do spontaneous prayer. I'm literally teaching those things to my second grader right now. (laughs) We're talking about fixed prayer and spontaneous prayer. So, I mean, if you need help knowing, well, fine, you say I need to pray with them. What do I say? Grab their hands, close your eyes, either do a fixed prayer if you're comfortable with that. Our Father, Hail Mary, do a rosary. If that's too much, you could just say a simple glory be together, start small, but then maybe work into spontaneous. Uh, Mike and I will oftentimes at the end of our prayer, we'll do a spontaneous prayer where we're talking about the things, you know, God watch over these people, help us in our marriage, watch over our children. So then we get into the spontaneous prayer after that.
0: Yeah, and you could pray for anything that you want. Like, oh Lord, help us to be good, you know, parents. Help us me to be a good husband and a good father. Please give me wisdom, knowledge, you know. And I want to pray for my future wife here too. You know, God, please guide her. Please help her. Like you pray for yourself and you pray for each other, and I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, the second thing is, um, you know, planning the actual wedding together, making decisions together, not just saying, "Oh, it's the woman's day," but actually create like take a hand at it. Many men, as I said in the last video, are too happy to sit back and let the women do everything. And then women are too happy to take the reins and do everything and uh, not give him much of an opinion. But in reality, me and my wife had so many issues in engagement, not before. They all came out in engagement just because we had a different way of doing things. We had a different understanding of things. We had different uh, opinions. uh, And we had to learn conflict resolution. We had to learn communication, healthy communication. We had to learn what does and does not trigger the other person and lead them to get upset and really try to avoid those things. These are great lessons that you want to learn before marriage. The more you can learn, foster, and cultivate these things before marriage, the happier marriage you're going to be because, I mean, things only... (laughs) This is going to sound terrible, but things (laughs) only get worse when you get married like you're at your high you're at your peak in a sense like you're in love you're on cloud nine you know you're you don't even see in reality half the time just because i just love the person and they're perfect you know but it gets more difficult like if you have baggage that you're bringing with you into marriage. Most people think it goes away when you get married. Oh, I finally found the love of my my lifetime. I'm going to be happy. No. Psychology says marriage amplifies your garbage. It amplifies your internal crap. And it makes it worse. So if you haven't dealt with it and you haven't learned these conflict resolutions, communication, if you haven't made these super highly effective habits for married couples, you're going to have a much tougher time in marriage, especially being happy and staying married.
1: Yeah. I, I actually spoke with someone recently where her husband said, I was kind of hoping you'd fix me. You know, I'm, I married you because I was hopeful that your faith and your strength would fix me. And it's like, Oh, that is such a, such a backwards way of looking at things because again, it's idolatry. it is. And, and again, you're, you're looking at this person now as God, you're looking at this person now as the, the one I go to for healing and to uh, find my, my completion to find my mm. everything. And, and I, I think a lot of couples too, it's it, like you were saying, Brian, that the day's the woman's day. And so once the girl has planned her perfect wedding and now it's her day, you go up on the altar and these two people who are standing before each other is kind of like, well, I, if that's how I'm planning my wedding, then that's kind of how I'm going to look at my marriage. It's about me. It's about what I need. It's about what I'm gonna expect of you as my spouse. And so again, it's 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 a twisted look at, at what it's meant to be. So if we look at yes, it's it's a it's a day for the two of you. Um, I remember Mike and I, we went to pick out music together and we listened to it. And we actually, my husband is not um a crier and he'd probably be mortified I said this, but we actually both like teared up listening to the music we I was gonna walk down the aisle to, and and it was such a moment between us. As we were preparing for our big day, that would have been missed had I been like, well, I'm just going to pick it myself. I'm just going to do this on my own. And instead then when I'm walking down the aisle, like we're both like, you know, tearing up because it reminded us of that moment. And we had that together. And And I feel like on that day, if you pick things together, it means more. You're, you're coming together with God now As the three of you are coming to become one, you know, God has to be involved in all of this as well. And I think a lot of people forget that piece too. Not only do you need to plan it with your spouse, you plan it with God, really.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as I said, selfishness, control, these are not things that you want to bring into a marriage. They're not, you know, virtues, first of all, that you want to cultivate. And also laziness and sloth are things that you don't want to cultivate either. I mean, Seriously like just oh well she can do it i don't care well that's going to be her attitude for a lot of the marriage and a woman's eventually going to you know regret it and you know even perhaps become bitter over it. why doesn't he do anything i have to literally just get him to do stuff well i've worked hard I, she can do it you know why cuz she's always done it and whereas you know she might say oh why is he so lazy you know and why is she so naggy and it's just you do it together, you learn all about each other, the good and the bad. Literally, you need to learn the good and the bad before marriage, because sometimes it's not supposed to... <laughs> hey, Sophia. It's not supposed to be uh, meant to be. And um, you want to know that before you, you get going and have that hardship. I know so many Catholic couples that only lasted five years, three years, one year, because... They just didn't do it the right way they flew through it they went so fast they thought they once they get married it was just all all of a sudden just work it doesn't it's the biggest decision i'll ever make take your time slow down and really create a good firm foundation don't blow through engagement
1: right and and you made a point right at the beginning that i i've been thinking a lot about is this idea of um i'm going to wait also. So you say slow down, which I totally agree with. And you have the opposite side of, I'm going to wait until my career is established. I'm going to wait until I have some money. I'm going to wait until I've you know done what I want to do. Um, and then I'll finally look for that person. I'll I'll settle down. I'll start having kids. But by that point, sometimes it's too late. So, I mean, not too late for marriage, but sometimes it's too late for family. Sometimes it takes a long time to find that person you want to spend the rest of your life with. Sometimes those people have been kind of picked off a little bit. And then you have, you also have this idea of I'm going to wait to have kids. Now you're 37, 38. You find out you have infertility, you have all these issues. And now what are you going to do? And so slow down when you meet the person make sure they're the right one, but don't wait too long to pray for God to find that person for you. And I, I think our culture right now is so heavy in um, our work and our, our career and establishing Mm -hmm. ourselves in this world. And that's, that's a way of life that people are choosing. I'd rather be established and have money than, than settle down and find someone that, completes this journey and and that I'm going to go on this journey with. And, and Mike and I were listening to a a documentary. I wish I could think of it right now, but I can't. Um, And and it's just, it's this decline that's happening so drastically amongst the youth right now. Nobody wants to settle down and get married. They're all, they're like, I'll get there. And they don't understand. It's, it's not really how it works.
0: And it's the same selfishness, control, sloth, and laziness. Everything I just mentioned, you literally just mentioned in reverse like <clears throat> control selfishness i'll do it when i want to do it i want to do my career first it's all about me then i'll it's not about you marriage is literally the opposite of that and that which is why so many fail because it's not about you it's about the other person 100% completely and for people who say oh it's just about me i don't want to be chained down this and this this is why they fail but also the laziness as well you know like oh i just don't care you know i'll do it later you know that's a I mean, all of these are major character flaws that we want to know. And if you fly through the engagement process, if you fly through dating, let's just get married. We're both Catholic. We both know if God spoke to me. No, you know, in very rare cases, maybe. But in general, you know, in general, it's, it doesn't really work that way. And I've told many women and many men that. So we have to be careful. So tip number three is in in planning your wedding together, but grow together prepare together, work on yourself together. For example, it really heats me up that to know that it takes eight years to become a priest, 12 years for some cases like Jesuits, eight years to become a nun. You have to do all these things, and then you get a weekend for married couples. Are you serious? They give us a weekend, and we're supposed to just know what to do for the rest of our life? They train priests and nuns. They give us nothing. Our marriage encounter, our marriage prep was a absolute laughable joke. And every Catholic says that and yeah. it's just useless. My priest said, just go there. If you can get anything out of it. Great. If not, don't worry about it. He's like, you know, more than, that. but um, he's like, he's like, he's like, it's a joke. But bottom line is my wife and I still wanted to know what we needed to do to have a happy marriage, you know? And so we took the marriage prep books that they gave us for that weekend that they went through like three pages of, and we went through some pages every single time that we met together. You know, we, we asked questions about each other. What do you think about finances? You know, what are your fears? Right. What are your worries? You know, how do you see finances in the future? Or, you know, how do you see my in-laws? Are you comfortable with them? Do you like them? Do you not like them? What, what's some things that you don't like? So these things, you know, probe and promote conversation. And some things were really shocking that came out of us, you know, because we didn't agree on. And that's good. You know, it brings out communication. You work through it, you deal with it together, and you become better. Uh, They say that like communication, financial issues, children, religious issues, and cheating are generally the highest reasons for divorce. Religion is not on the list anymore. It used to be. Um, now in in place, ironically, in place of that is cheating and uh, just being bored and not being happy in, in marriage. Gee, I wonder why. Um, right. <laughs> but that's why we're doing Obviously. what we're doing here.
1: <laughs> right. Uh, but
0: these are the things that we, we do ahead of time. We prepare, we read, we study, we grow, we ask questions, we talk about these things. We work through them. It's all important.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we had um, Father Peter Towsley um, I don't know where he is anymore, but he was our spiritual director. He's, he met Mike somewhere and he immediately became just this like father figure to both of us and just guided us through. He like, he was with mother Teresa for some time. Like this man was, I mean, he's amazing. So he, he helped Mike and I a lot because our dating was so rocky as Mike was trying to figure out, is he supposed to be a priest? Is he going to get married? And it was just, it was treacherous. It was so hard. And then when we got married, uh, engaged, it was almost like freedom was given to Mike, where he was like, Okay, I made my decision. I'm really like excited to move forward. He needed that, like, this is the choice I'm going with. And Father Peter just helped I guide I remember us through all, all that there. for him. Oh my gosh, Brian, it was it was it was so difficult. And thank God we got through it because it was so hard. Um, but I just remember Father Peter just especially one point in our dating to go back, he was like, You two are so you you're so intense like just have fun enjoy (laughs) each other and we were both like we can we can do that oh my
0: gosh that's so true
1: (laughs) i used to counsel catholics
0: all the time with that i was like (laughs) like especially when women go out on a date with a man like the first date they're like i don't know if i can marry him i don't know if he's you know how how is he going to be with kids you know like what if we don't i'm like shh stop stop the madness Sorry. Literally, it's the first date. Dating is supposed to be fun, enjoyable. You get to know the person. You're not getting married tomorrow. You're not signing a contract. Way too many Catholics are so uptight about it. And, so uptight. Oh my gosh, they and, can't and even see clearly because of it. No, there's a, there's a, like, you're praying through it, you're,
1: you're discerning through it, but that's what it is. It's a discernment time. And even engagement is in in a way a discernment time, because like you're saying, Brian, a lot of these questions are coming up. So it's not like, oh, I'm engaged. I'm stuck with this person as questions are coming up. And you're like, oh, we don't agree on anything. This person is, is not who I thought they were. As you're going through the process, that's okay. That's what it's for. But it also is a way to clarify, okay, how are we going to communicate? How are we going to grow together? Um and and one one of the things um Can I just say
0: something on that if yeah, you don't mind? It course. might be the first thing we've ever disagreed on. Um and I don't know if we fully disagree, oh, it's just a slight difference. Yeah. Um, or maybe it's just a um maybe it's just a different way of looking at it. I'm but, so
1: intrigued, Brian. I hope you're listening <laughs> too. Here we go. And
0: you can let me know what you think too, and <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. Um But I've always been of the mindset. Well, let me just say that I agree with you in some sense that engagement is for discernment in some sense. But in a in a larger sense, I don't agree with that. Because I feel like you should have already discerned that before engagement. You should have already got to know the person before engagement. You should have already gone through a lot of this stuff before asking. Because if I'm a guy and I'm asking that girl, I've literally asked her to marry me. I've asked her to be my spouse. And while it's not set in stone and there are exceptions, as a general rule. Too many Catholics get engaged as, oh well, I still have time to think about it. No, you just propose to them. You've won their heart. You've asked them this, and I don't think you should be playing with that. You know, it's set in stone, and except for if stuff, real some stuff comes out that you didn't know before. But in general, I like to see these things done before engagement. You know, as a role. I one
1: hundred percent agree with you. Actually, there's no disagreement. I see it <clears throat> as a broken world, and I see it as. Um, broken women, broken men who are dating and they, they're like, well, this seems like the next thing we're supposed to do. And I've heard that a lot where, where they'll be right. like, well, we, we've been dating so long. It's, it's time. I, I got to put a ring on it. You know, it's like, this is what I got to do. And so then they do. And now it's like, well, I'm stuck because I made a bad decision saying yes to this person. And so I guess in that way, that's where I'm, I'm, I want your listeners to know you're not married yet. And so if, yes, you rush through the dating or this person pretended to be this person the whole time and all of a sudden these, these issues are coming up, you haven't married this person yet. For a couple who did things the right way, and I, I don't know if I love saying that, <laughs> but the, for the couple who did things the right way, they discerned during dating. They went through all the things during dating. They weren't having premarital sex. They weren't doing all these things that are going to cause problems in your relationship. Yes. The engagement, like when Mike and I were engaged, it was, that was it. That was, we were, we were, that was it. It it was like a relief for both of us. Like this is where God's taking us. And we knew it. It was such a peace and there was so much joy, but for a lot of people, it's almost, it's almost backwards. It seems.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, Did you have any other thoughts on that before we go on to the next one?
1: No, that's great. So we, we we agreed, Brian. I think we agreed on that one but yes
0: we agree that there's nuances but in general in an ideal world it should be done ahead of time I like it I like it and um and and if stuff does come up in engagement that is toxic or that you didn't notice and this is why you're doing these things then yeah you do want to get out you don't want to live with that for the rest of your life some people have the false mindset that well Ah, oh, we're gonna be married, you know what? So I have to learn to live with this. I have to learn to just deal with them. No, you don't. And maybe you shouldn't ever. Um, yes, there are there's a book called Boundaries in Dating, which I highly recommend for dating engaged couples. And also, um for better forever, these are two great books. But in boundaries in dating, there's a chapter on things that you should live with and can live with and things you should never live with. One of them being that you can live with is, you know, people's um, quirky personalities, um, mild control, you know, they have some mild intimacy issues. You know, there's things that everyone has that they can work through, you know, but there's other things that are deal breakers, character flaws, toxic bombs ready to explode. You never want to justify these actions like lying, cheating, uh, major control issues. Uh, things like that. You don't want to justify these issues. So yeah, you don't want any of these hardcore problems because you know there's a chapter that says adapt now, pay later. Yeah, you adapt now. You have some fun times now. It's really good now, and then you spend the rest of your life miserable, and that is not what you want.
1: Right, and and on that. When we try to fix the other person, I promise you it will never work. There will never be a moment where what you do is going to fix that person. So if you, we talked at the beginning, if you go in with this idea that like, I'll be fixed within this marriage or I'll be able to fix him. I'll be able to help him with his problems. He's got these addictions. He has these um, false ideas of what you know women are and, and all that, but it's fine because once we're married, it'll all change. It's all going to disappear. And that's obviously never going to happen. And, and I think if we can have that mind frame and those clear views, then we can know, is God calling me to be with this person or not? And, and you talked about their quirks. Everyone has quirks everybody has it. I mean, except for me, obviously, but (laughs) it's, it's this idea that obviously, obviously we, we cannot fix these major issues, but can I live with these little quirks? Most, most people can most, you know, no one is going to be perfect.
0: Yeah. And there's way too many Catholic women from what I hear, the man who expects men to be perfect and riding in on a white horse and sweep them up off their feet, like these silly romance movies and, you know, that sort of stuff. And it's just this emotional pornography as dr greg Mm -hmm. potaro calls it just is toxic for marriage you know and he draws the distinctions between you know normal pornography regular pornography you know but just ones of the mind ones of the body and but both are toxic in different ways and you know we really need to work on ourselves we need to work on our issues (coughs) excuse me we need to work on us even before we get to the stage where we grow through these things together The best thing you could ever do is go to counseling if you need to, pick up self help books um, on anger if that's your issue, on lust if that's your issue, intimacy issues if that's your issue, uh, communication if that's your issue. Oh my God, I don't communicate. Well, then don't get married because that's what marriage is. It's a relationship where you communicate. You know, it's like you need to do it and it's hard and there's many times we need to get outside of ourselves in marriage and that's another tip we'll get to in a second but that's learn to sacrifice learn to sacrifice learn to as they say in the weightlifting world be comfortable being mm-hmm. uncomfortable mm-hmm. you know pain is gain and it's the same thing in marriage too the only pain and only being uncomfortable and only sacrificing leads to the hot mountain top highs over and over and over again then you go back down and you do the work and you you you, you Grudge and you push along and you sacrifice and it's suffering, but then you get up to the high mountains again and you're higher than ever before and it just keeps going that way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like when you put the work and the effort into it, I, I think, Brian, you said at some point there's only like 7% of married couples have like this top tier marriage. It's those people they they didn't just like walk into marriage and it just poof it was perfect it's sacrifice like anything if you want to be good at anything you have to put the effort the work the sacrifice you you have to work on yourself you have to want this you have to fight for it um right now i'm talking with one of um uh, with someone um her husband has given up and so i'm kind of trying to help her through this really hard time, her husband just gave up. He's like, I'm out. I'm done. And, and what do you do? You can't force it. So she's like, fine, I'll work on myself. I can't force you into this marriage, but she is going above and beyond. What have I done? She's reflecting back. What have I done? And, and of course I keep reminding her, this isn't your fault. You know, when someone gives up, there's something going on, but I, I keep reminding her, I'm like, you're putting the effort into healing yourself through all of this and what a gift. Yeah. So in talking with her, I I feel like it's just this reiteration of you can't fix the other person. There's nothing you can do. So letting God reveal to you your own heart and what your needs are is just, it's going to be a game changer in your marriage.
0: Yeah. Your husband's mother, who was kind, of, kind of my spiritual advisor growing up, you know, actually it was your your. Your husband's father, who told me, he's like, There's three things you want to look for in a spouse. He's like, Number one, you know, obviously someone who believes in God and follows God. Uh, But, you know, the second one, I can't remember, but the third one stuck out to me. He's like, Someone who's willing to adapt, to change, to work on themselves, and to grow. He's like, You do not want to get into marriage with someone with a stubborn mule who will not change and is going to make you suffer for the rest of your life so you want to find someone who can adapt and grow and change never gets tired of working on themselves and i've really tried to apply that in my own life i've never i try never to get tired of working on myself i'm always working on myself i'm always trying to change my idiosyncrasies and you know problems and things like that and we need to be people like that, but we also need to find people like that. There's way too many people who say, "Well, you know, I'm just Irish. I I just get drunk, or I'm Italian. I have a temper, or you know, I'm German. I'm thick-headed, or I'm a man. I just have those needs. You know, we just throw these things out rather than actually changing ourselves and working on it. We throw out these things which show that we're lazy, not willing to do the work, and not willing to better ourselves for the sake of love. So, do we even love? Right. Yeah.
1: It, it, I think the self-help part, when I feel like I'm in a rut, when I feel like I'm in that place, I put on every podcast I could possibly find where I'm like, okay, I need, I need growth. So like you said, Brian, you have to be able to see yourself. You have to be able to look at yourself and say, where am I failing my spouse? Where am I failing my children? And I guarantee we all are, we all will be. And and I know right now, I don't know if you've heard of restore the glory podcast it's so good about just helping you to kind of find your story and find who you are so you can better be you could be a better person towards those around you so Mm. if you're getting ready for marriage if you're in the engagement process what better thing is to to be able to heal those things so you can love better
0: amen and uh I can say that in my own life that I went to counseling before marriage and, you know, cause I didn't want to screw it up. Like my parents screwed theirs up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they had like nothing in common and they had many issues and, um, I did too consequently. And so I had to go to counseling before marriage and work on these things that I knew I had issues with that were toxic. And, and, uh, I wanted to, I wanted mm-hmm. to become better. And I think that we all should, you know, like pick up a book. Read books, like study these things. Like there are books on everything you're dealing with, or nowadays it's videos. And yeah, uh, like you could watch videos on YouTube and find things that you're struggling right. with. I used to watch like you motivational videos or like Tony Robbins or you know, something like when I was down and struggling, I would, you know, seven habits of highly effective people or whatever else, just to try to like get myself, inspire myself, get points to work on myself. But the more we do this before marriage the better it's going to be. And then the last thing I'll say is just sacrifice. Do things every day that you don't like. Literally, do things every day that you don't like. If you come home and you've had a long day and you don't feel like washing the dishes, go wash the dishes. All and right. if you have a really long day, you come home and you have to mow the lawn and you it's the last thing you ever want to do, go mow the lawn. Do something hard that yeah. you don't want to do every day and then make it twice a day do two yeah. hard things a day. After like I was doing this for a long time before marriage and after like 6 months of it the hard things weren't even hard anymore and I was happy to take on challenges I was happy to do things I didn't feel like doing because I was in the habit of doing it. Literally let me tell you and Julie you can tell me more so you have more kids but marriage every single day is filled with things you don't want to do. And the fact that you do them and do them joyfully is love. And Mm -hmm. if you don't do that, the opposite is you can build up resentment, bitterness. You lose yourself. You turn into this selfish woman, like eat, pray, love, where she leaves her family and goes in towards the world instead of doing what's right. And you don't want to go and end up going there.
1: No, I, okay. So I don't always do things with great love (laughs) or with joy, but I do them. And I I think that might in itself just be the the ideal, the ideal. And, and, you know, I think to just doing it is love in of itself. So doing the laundry, doing the dishes, doing the day-to-day grind, teaching the kids, we homeschool. So the, the everyday, I mean, there's good days and there's bad days, but if you can't find the joy in those little moments, I mean, it's going to be rough. So you have to be able to adapt to what you're doing. Just like you said, Brian, you have to be able to adapt.
0: Yeah. And my wife and I had kids way later in marriage because my wife had a lot of health issues and things like that. And you get used to living single, you get used to being spoiled, and then kids come and destroy all that. And they, do. Um, they destroy your whole life and people warn you of that. But it's a good thing because it needs to be destroyed. You know, Unless you die, you just remain a grain of wheat. But if a grain of wheat dies, it bears fruit to a 100 to eternity. You know, It's like we have to die to ourselves and we right. have to grow.
1: I would be the laziest human being if I did not have children. I love binge watching TV. I love potato chips. I love, like, there's so many things where I'm like, my children have literally saved me from myself because they draw out of you and, and, and they, they bring so much. And yes, it's so hard and it's sticky and it's messy and there's poop everywhere, as Brother Pius always says. There's poop everywhere because his sister has four kids and he's like, I don't know what to do with this. They, it is crazy. It is chaotic. But it is what is going to literally bring me to heaven. What else would I want to invest my life in than that? There's nothing nothing better than investing in having children and having a spouse and working on yourself, but career won't do it. Money won't do it. Um, Having fun side projects are great, but they're not going to lead you to heaven. These are the things, the ins and outs that will draw you to Christ, to that cross.
0: funny you just said the children, the career, we just, I don't know if you saw that article that came out recently of the lady from sex in the city. She, uh, she came out and, uh, she just said, you know, she spent her whole life doing her career. Now she actually regrets not getting married, seriously regrets, not having kids. She wished she had done those things. She got too preoccupied and so many people fall into that category, but the bottom line is sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. Love is sacrifice. Padre Pio said, the more you love someone, the more you're willing to sacrifice for them. And Christ said you need to pick up your cross daily and follow me. So that's not just in marriage. It's out of marriage. It's all the time, but we can start the hard work of marriage now. There will be more joy in marriage if you do the hard things now. You know, you won't be so, oh, why does this always happen? Oh, why are my kids bugging me? Why don't they just shut up? Like, you know, and I, we just get so annoyed with them because to be purified of our selfishness is hard. <laughs> oh, you know, it's so and to painful. be it's so painful. But once you do and you open up to reality, it gets a lot better. You expand your heart. You love more. And you become more like Christ. And that's what we want. So the first thing is sacrifice. The second thing is doing it well. And the third thing is finding joy in it. That's the hardest part is being joyful in everything. Offer it all up out of love for Christ. And like you said, it's not always joyful. Sometimes it hurts. But we can still offer it up knowing that it brings a smile to God's face.
1: Oh exactly. And and even though I, you know, I joked about, you know, I don't always do it with joy. There's like an there's an underlining sense of joy in knowing you're doing what God is asking of you. So even though I'm not, you know, um happy go lucky all the time, I try to be joyful around the kids especially, but if I can't have that, at least I can sit in that knowledge that I am a daughter of God and he is asking me to raise these little tiny humans. And that is enough. And if that is not enough to bring you joy, to be like I'm sitting in the will of God, that's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, Amen. Uh, Did you have any closing thoughts on engagement for couples?
1: Can I read a quote that I found that I just really loved? Yes. um, uh, Venerable Fulton Sheen. If you don't know much about him, he's spectacular. And I'm not like Brian. I can't memorize everything. Brian, you have the best memory in the world. I have to like write these down. So this one says, "When a man loves a woman." he has to become worthy of her. The higher her virtue, the more noble her character, the more devoted she is to truth, justice, goodness, the more a man has to aspire to be worthy of her. The history of civilization can actually be written in terms of the level of its women. So the higher you are, the more virtuous you are as a woman, and of course men too, but Women, if we set that standard and we say, no, I want a man who's going to treat me with respect and dignity, who's going to want my good, who's going to want me to go into the kingdom of heaven someday. If he's going to help me on that path, that journey, that's the man. If I can trust he's going to do what's best, is he going to fail? Is he going to crumble sometimes? Yes. But for the most part, is he going to pick up that cross with me? Because he is not God. God is the only God. This man is here to be on this journey, and I remember thinking with Mike, he's on this journey with me toward heaven. He is not God, but he's with me to bring me to God. And so, if you can find that man who does that for you, who who wills that good for you, I I that's all you can ask of God.
0: And we will finish up in a full circle from where we started with the final thing: is that engagement and marriage is for heaven your job as a married couple is to get each other to heaven so are the actions the talk the movies the books the uh, extracurricular activities you do does everything is it leading people Your spouse specifically to heaven and eventually your children are you leading them to heaven or are you getting in leading them away from heaven by your actions and your thoughts and all these other things our goal is to walk hand in hand with them forever to heaven, which is why we need to pray, which is why we need to plan together, prepare together, grow together, sacrifice together. I mean, literally marriage is two people giving 100% of themselves, not 50-50. I hate when people say, oh, where's your other half? I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Your wife. Oh, she's not a half. She's a whole person. So am I. You know, it's like, we're not halves. We don't give half. It's we give whole and whole. Like she gives a hundred percent. I give hundred percent. That's the ideal. Too many times in marriage, one person gives and the other person does not. That's not the way it should be because then it just leads to many, many problems. So, you know, pray, prepare, grow, sacrifice, uh, make yourself better and do the hard things that you need to do. Do that now. Find someone else who will do that. And the chances of having a very good marriage are on the up and up. They're high. That's
1: right. And, And the last thing to that, encourage encourage one another. I've heard so many couples bringing each other down, whether they're dating, engaged, married, it doesn't matter when you encourage your spouse. And when you talk well of your spouse and you give them that honor and that dignity, it's going to be game changer because what you say to other people, what you're thinking about your spouse is, is that's kind of important, right? So if I'm constantly berating my spouse, telling them that they're worthless, if I swear at them, if I'm speaking ill of them to other people, that's that's not healthy. That's not gonna. That's not gonna end well. So I just I really want to say, especially in dating and engagement, find a way to encourage one another and speak well of each other. That's going to be so important.
0: Amen. And I want to thank you, Julie, for coming on. I want to thank you for sharing the ups and downs of your marriage, the struggles, the joys, and everything. I think uh, it's wonderful. Um, I love your husband, and I think he's a wonderful guy. And you guys both work hard to get each other to heaven and to be the people that you're supposed to be. So you know, thank you for sharing that with us. And thank you for coming on the show.
1: Thanks, Brian. I always love this.
0: Thank you all for watching and check out our other videos. If you want to know the good, the bad, and the ugly of marriage, check out our other videos with Julie Loin. God bless you. Bye guys. So that was really long. Um,
1: (laughs) Well, you'll, you'll cut a little bit with the kiddos.
0: Yes, I will. Actually, that is true. But I want to record a second intro just in case. I might turn this into two parts. I might a first part and a second part. So I'm Perfect. gonna record a new intro and a new outro.
1: Perfect.
0: J I C just in case.
1: Just in case.
0: Um all right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to part two of engagement, engagement advice, where we tell you pretty much everything you need to know to have a happy, healthy, holy, and fulfilled engagement so that you can have a happy, healthy, holy, and fulfilled marriage for the rest of your life. And today we have back with us, Julie Loin. Thank you for joining us, Julie.
1: Hey, everybody. I'm so glad to be back.
0: And we're so glad you're back too. And this uh, second part, we're going to be continuing to give marriage advice and tips uh, from the first one. If you haven't seen our first one, we will link it in the show notes below. Go back and watch it. And now i will going to do the outro.
1: That was perfect. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> so thank you again, Julie, for joining us in this uh, episode. We always love having you on our show. And thank you all for joining us as well. Please check out our podcast notes below. Please check out our Facebook, our Instagram, our Pinterest, our TikTok, our face, uh, Facebook, and everything else that we have, and uh, our YouTube, our normal YouTube channel. It's all down below. If you would like to support our ministry, our PayPal and our Patreon are down below as well. If you would like Julie or myself or both to come in and give a talk to your church, your group, let us know. Check our website out at the uh, at catholictruth.org. catholictruth.org. God bless you.